Welcome back to the Motivated Lawn Care Show. I'm your host, Caleb Nguyen, and today we've got uh, we've got a good one for you. I'm really excited for this. I put a lot of time into the prep for this episode, so I think you guys are going to really enjoy. So this is the beginning of Pillar 3, which is employees. We've got four episodes in this series. First one, recruiting and hiring. That's this episode right here. Second episode, training your employees. Third one is retaining. And fourth one is firing. It's an entire episode for firing employees because you can do it well or you can do it very poorly. Um, so let's get into to recruiting and hiring. So the first thing that we need to talk about, even before we talk about recruiting itself, is pre-recruiting, right? What happens before you recruit? Why are you rec- recruiting people? Why are you hiring people? Why are you bringing people on? Is it a good enough reason? Have you actually maximized what you have so far? Because I think a lot of guys hire prematurely just because and just because they think that they're going to be growing so quickly that they need the help and then all of a sudden they have no money because they hired too many people. This is what I did back in 2022. Um, it was me and there was like six other guys and I was not charging enough money at this time and I purchased a truck that was a piece of junk. So I was bleeding money there. And so I was just bleeding money at every single corner and I had over hired. I'd hired too many people. If I were to do it again, it would have been better for me to spend more time in the field because now that I look back, like really, what did I do? I don't even know what I did with all that extra time because I had, you know, my foreman going out and running things for me. It should have been me and the foreman on some of the days and then the foreman and some other people on one or two days a week when I could do office stuff, get stuff done and get new clients in the door. But hindsight is 2020. So with that being said, I have, let me say one, two, three, four things before you even begin actually hiring, okay? First one, build a company worth working for. I know it sounds super crazy, but to be honest with you, most people don't have a company worth working for. It's like, it's, I'll get into it here, okay? The first thing is making the kind of money that can afford to give clients a good financial reason to work for you. If you can't pay just as good or better than someone else, you're probably not running your business that well. Okay, and this is something that I'm even realizing now as I've talked to more guys that are like, yeah, you need to be charging $50 per cut minimum. And I'm like, oh, like, okay, well, and when you are at $50 minimum, you can afford to give people the pay and the benefits that um, will attract a higher level person. You're not just going for minimum wage. He's 35 years old, been smoking, fell in. All this stuff, unpredictable, shows up some days, some days on drugs, some days it's just, you know, just, it's just not worth putting up with when you could just actually run a real business and not some little schlub side hustle that you've glorified into being, you know, multiple vehicles that go out at the same time with multiple felons in each vehicle going out and cutting people's grass, okay? So making the kind of money that you can afford to give clients a good financial reason to work for you. So get your numbers right, even when it's just you or if it's you and you already have a part-time person or something like that. Before you start hiring the next people, before you even start hiring your first person, you need to be doing pretty freaking well on your own, okay? You need to be making so much money on your own that it's insane, and all you need to do is just need someone to help you keep up with all the work that's coming in. Um, That's the first part. Second part uh, of the building a company worth working for. Second part, storage facility, okay? Everywhere where you keep everything, it needs to be a well-oiled machine. It needs to be always clean and well-kept. This is something that, bit of a hypocrite on right now, it's just not where it needs to be. And it's partly because I just don't have time right now. And I was gone all summer, came back, started working on fixing up the facility, and then jumped right into snow plowing. And now it's just like, uh, you know, painting a house and doing snow plowing contracts and, and getting all that stuff set up for the winter just left me with no time. And nobody else has time. 
Um, so I would make that a priority. It's something that we need to start changing here too, where uh, we just run on such a tight schedule where like we have no time at the end of the week. So I can't even pay one of my guys because they're already in overtime to go and fix up the facility. They've already hit all their hours and it's not like I have an extra hour for them to go clean things up and it just, it becomes a whole a whole mess. But that's something that we will be doing, um, you know, going into the fall here once all the contracts are good is cleaning up the storage facility before we, and this is even before you hire anybody and it's also it, it it lends something to the company culture which again i'm not perfect i don't run a perfect business it's something that we need to work on is like if your facility is not clean and organized and it's a well-oiled machine then your business probably isn't either so it, it reflects on us too and like that being a mess there makes the rest of our life and it's not like a, it's not like that bad of a mess but there's stuff that's like needs cleaning up some because I, I did clean up clean it up pretty good uh, about a month ago uh, it just needs to be kept up with. And that's the biggest thing. So hypocrite a little bit there on this one, but it's something that, again, we're working on it. It is what it is for now. Is the storage facility or where, because ideally you'd have them come meet you where the equipment is, where everything is so that they can see it. And if they're like, oh my gosh, I just cannot do it with the big mowers. They're intimidated, whatnot, then good way to, to vet them there. Keep it clean. Uh, and well-kept and organized. It should be a well-oiled machine. The other thing is, know what you're doing on a fulfillment. If you don't know how to actually mow and trim and do all these things and um, lay mulch and that kind of stuff, you probably shouldn't be trying to teach someone else who has no idea what they're doing either. Y'all are just going to waste too much money. Figure it out, then teach someone once you know. Uh, second thing, right? Going from building a company worth working for to create a business that will max maximize an employee well. First thing, don't even think of getting an employee if this is your only source of income, you're living on your own, and the business is netting, not grossing, netting in your bank account profit less than three to four K per month. Okay, get to five K per month, start someone at uh, part time, and then go full time as the the work increases. Um, thanks to the time that that you know that that uh, employee frees up for you, you're getting more work in the door. Get to five K per month in profit. It's not impossible to do because honestly the only reason why you wouldn't be at that point yet is because your prices aren't where they need to be yet and your productivity isn't where it needs to be yet so you really don't know how to fulfill um or you don't have enough clients okay 5k net per month is a really good spot to be you get a part-time person have them go full-time this is for the guys just starting out who are you know very much in the beginning phases for those of you who already have two or three employees we'll get to that here in a second so what do you want uh, oh, what do you want an employee for? I wrote, what do you want a client for? What do you want an employee for, right? Find every silly little thing that you do that's keeping you back from doing, you know, more marketing, more marketing, more follow-up, putting out more door hangers, more high-level strategy, that kind of stuff. Um, put that on a list. But before you go and just hire, because you're like, oh, dude, this list is so long, I want you to do something. I want you to make sure that you're not uh, paying an employee to do something that is redundant or ridiculous. Like, it, it's unnecessary. You either don't have to do it, or a robot could do it, or, uh, you know, it's something that you actually have to do yourself. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple examples here. This is how this works. This is the philosophy that we have with our business. And it's something that I'm really, 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 really hitting home this winter when I regained full control over the company. Uh, right now, Phil's has been running it as well. Once I'm back in there, this is going to go so hard. It's going to go so hard in this direction where I have a list of four things, right? Anything that I have to do in my business on a regular basis is taking me time to do this thing. There's four things. There's four levels to this that I go through. The first one, can I cut this out? And if I cut this out, is it the end of the world? If I'm washing my mowers twice a week, 
can I cut out one or both of those washes? Can I do that? If the answer is yes, then cut them, right? You don't even have to think about it. Just cut it. Just stop doing it. There's stupid things. I guarantee there's stupid things in your business that you're doing that you can just cut, right? If you're washing your truck twice a week, maybe cut it to once a week or once every two weeks, right? If you're doing the laundry for your employees, like their, their work shirts and that stuff, they turn it in at the end of the day, cut that, have them do it themselves. There's just a lot of things that has to be the base level. It's just eliminating it in the first place. Second thing, automating it, okay? Robots can do so much of this stuff. Follow-up, most of the follow-up process can be done by robots. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Estimates, there's software that'll make estimates for you. There's just so many things that like, it can be automated. You can have automated reply, texts, you can have, there's just so many things. It's especially it has to do with like client relationships that automating becomes a big thing because obviously you can't really do too much tech when it comes to the, the day-to-day. You can have tech do your route for you, right? There's programs that will create, you put in all the addresses and it will create the optimized route for the day. Instead of you going through, looking at Google Maps, cross-referencing it, looking at the street, looking at a map, doing this. No, just have the have the program do it for you. That's automate, delegate, okay? You can't cut it out. You can't find automation for it. You delegate it. These are the things that these employees are gonna do. And there's the last thing, which is keep, which is like probably something that you wanna keep in the beginning is like general strategy of the business, marketing, um, sales, some of the sales stuff, if you're very much in the beginning, like you don't want your employee who's working 20 hours a week to be the one who's supposed to answer the phone calls for you because they're only going to answer phone calls for four hours a day. They're probably working the entire four hours. So they might answer like two phone calls a week. Not helpful. Okay. There's some things that in the beginning, you're gonna have to keep for yourself uh, before you can delegate that out or automate that to somebody else. Um, and yeah, you should just go through all that cut, automate, delegate, keep with everything in your business, right? Loading up the equipment. Can we cut that? Here's an example. Can we cut load and unload time? What if we just left the equipment on the trailer? Can we leave the equipment on the trailer without it getting stolen? If so, can we get locks on stuff? If so, can we put covers on stuff, right? So that all we need to do is take these little sacks, put them over the engine, lock the thing up for the night, and we're done. We don't have to take it out, uh, put it on a rack in the shed, do this, do that in the third, just leave it on there, throw the hood on it, lock it, done, right? Maybe it only saves you four or five minutes every single day. But guess what? Four or five minutes every single day, it adds up, especially if you're productive, especially if you're getting stuff done. Now, if you're just going to spend the five minutes doing whatever on Instagram on your phone, maybe it's not that that great. But I'd rather five minutes more on, on Instagram on my phone than I would to move a piece of equipment off the trailer into something else. Okay, That's something to cut. Moving gas cans. We were taking the gas cans out of the truck, out of the bed of the truck and putting them in our storage area. I was like, why are we doing that? Just leave it in the truck. Like if they get rained on, it's not the end of the world. Um, I was actually going to get a bed cap so that we could just stick everything in the in the trailer instead of unlocking everything and putting it away and all this stuff. Boom. Just put it in the back of the truck, lock that sucker up for the night, and we're good to go. Unfortunately, all of the bed covers got sold in my area shortly before I came into the market, around the same time that I was coming to the market. Anything else is like 1200 bucks, And I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's worth it. I ran the numbers. not worth it. Okay. Uh, third thing. What are you looking for? So the first, for the pre-recruiting, build a company worth working for, create a business that maximizes employee wealth. Third thing, what are you looking for? Okay, create a list of tasks that this person will need to perform, right, after you've done the cut, automate, delegate, keep, and write down if they need to know how to do them before coming on to you or if it's fine if they learn on the job. Super important, if they have no knowledge of small engines and you need them to have knowledge of small engines, you probably don't want to teach them on the job, on your equipment that you need to use to make money. Probably not a good play. Uh, The other thing for what are you looking for is create a baseline of productivity. Usually I'd say 
baseline of productivity is 25% less than my current productivity levels for the same quality level. Um, and I think that's a pretty realistic to go off of if they're going under that and you make that completely clear to them from the get-go. I get it. You're not going to care or be as fast as I am. I want the quality to be the same. You're going to be a little bit slower than I am. If you dip below this, I'm going to fire you. Uh, so you want to know in advance. And then how do you want to go about hiring them? Um, so this is the process that I would probably go for is a resume look over. You do one phone interview. You do one in-person interview. Um, and then follow that with a probationary hire period where they have two weeks where you can fire them for anything. Now, you, you still can fire them for anything, but you've made it completely clear to them that, like, any little thing that you mess up on, I have every right to just be like, hey, I'm sorry, I don't think this is working, and have that expectation for them and maybe pay them a dollar or two less per hour. And then the other thing for how do you want to go about hiring them is know if you're the one with leverage or they are the one with leverage and adjust accordingly uh, the structure of your process and the extremity of your qualifications. What does that mean? So if I need an employee... I probably won't do a phone interview and then an in-person interview. I might just try to get an in-person interview right away, right? I want to eliminate one of the steps because there's going to be drop-off from step to step to step. And maybe I eliminate the probationary period from two weeks to one week, and maybe the pay is the same, right? There's just things there where if you need somebody, you need to act like it. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a second, but obviously you don't want to be in the position where you need someone so bad right now that you need to compromise your business to get to that point. We've done it in the past. When you've grown to a certain point, it's just not the way to go. So recruiting, we're getting into it now. So let's say that this is your first employee or your first big boy employee, like a foreman or something like that. So the first thing, it's a totally different process, by the way, than employing at mass, is find a highly qualified candidate from your personal circle, from your network, and someone that will be personally obligated to go above and beyond for you because they're connected with you personally in some way, and they're like, well... Uh, you know, if I do a bad job for this guy, they're going to tell my friends we're a mutual connection. It could just get messy. They understand that. I think it can be a great way to help, like hold someone's feet to the fire. Uh, so find a really highly qualified candidate and then find a way to make it work for them. A lot of times you're like, well, we work nine to five, Monday through Friday, except maybe Friday. If we don't have enough work, we won't work. You're going to have to find a way to make it work for them. If they're like, I can only work three days a week. And you're like, well, I need you to do all the work. You're like, all right, well, you're working 12 hours a day. Is that fine with you? Yes, fine, fine with me. Awesome. And just find a way to make it work. For example, one of our guys, Russell, he's like, I only have four days available. Um, or he had five. I think it was Tuesday through Saturday. Like, we don't really, we really don't do Saturday. People just don't like it. I don't, I don't like to be there when people are home and, and they want their lawn looking good by the time that the weekend rolls around. Not on the weekend, we're cutting their lawn. That's just, we're not doing that. Um, and so we split up into four days where he works 10 hours a day for four days. And uh, that works that works pretty well. And we just found a way to make it work because we needed the help because I was going out of town uh, for multiple months. And we just needed someone to fill in that gap there because the person we had previously hired to do that was terrible at their job. Um, and then be sure to be constantly recruiting when it's like your first employer or you're looking for your first big boy employee where you have a part-time guy, you want a full-time guy, that kind of thing. You need to be constantly recruiting. You need to be picking up on stuff. Hey. Yeah, uh, looking for another job here. This one that I have right here, boss, is just really tough uh, to work with, and the pay just isn't quite where it needs to be. You go, hmm, and then you you have a conversation with them. Uh, employing at mass, okay? So I don't have personal experience. All I have is the lessons that I've learned from the multiple, 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 multiple millionaires that I have had on the podcast and am regularly in touch with. This is what they've said. 
for all of them. This is the, the, the these are a couple of things that they found that have worked. This is something that we're going to be doing and implementing in the spring of 2024, as we're going to be growing pretty significantly. I don't want to give away everything right now, all the information right now, but we're going to grow pretty significantly. At least that's the plan as of right now. So I'm pulling at mass. First part, it's a numbers game, just like client acquisition is, which I know a good bit about. So it makes sense to me, right? It's it's very much a, well, how many people made it to the phone interview? How many people made it to the in-person interview? How many show-ups do we have at the in-person interview? Do we need to offer food? Do we do it the in-person interview over breakfast um, so that they have another incentive to show up, right? Like, how do we do this? How bad do we need people? Um, you know, how much does it cost to acquire an employee? Because if 50% of people are showing up to the in-person interview, well, we just doubled our costs to hire an employee if all the other numbers stay the same. Does that make sense? So if half the people show up versus all of the people show up to the in-person interview, you're gonna pay double the amount. That one metric, 50% show up versus 100% show up, doubles the cost that it, that it is to, to hire your employee. So track those results, track those numbers. And, you know, if you need an employee, you're going to have to drop some of the stuff. You're going to have to drop some qualifications. You're going to have to make it easier for them to get into the company. I don't like to do that. I It's just not something that we're going to be doing this this um, this spring. But I'm going to share with you guys a little bit more information about, you know, how to not get in that position where you're like, dude, I really just need to cut everything because I need employees that bad. Uh, a couple of things that they've I've, I've seen from other people, not from personal experience, from, from secondhand experience is indeed works really, really well. Facebook ads, decent. Google ads, eh. Um, Craigslist, decent. And then paying for referrals and structuring it that where one of your current employees, if they refer you a new employee, will be paid a certain amount extra per paycheck um, for that person they recruited. So if that person leaves, their paycheck goes back down to normal. So if you're paying them an extra 20 bucks a paycheck and they've recruited four people for you and they're making an extra 320 bucks a month and that's, you know, their car payment, like they better keep their friends around. Otherwise, they're going to lose the money for their car payment. You know, like it can be a really good incentive to keep people around. Um, that's that's just how we're going to structure it in the future here with my company. And that's what I've heard is working really, really well to keep people around to retain, not only recruit people, but retain them really well. And it's better than just like, a, oh, here's a $200 bonus, like ah, 200 bucks. I mean, sure, but how hard am I really going to work for it? Whereas if it's like $20 every paycheck, you're like, dang, 10 paychecks, two and a half months, I'm already at $200. I could just keep going, bro, if I got 10 people in here, make an extra 200 bucks a week, dude, I can make an extra $800 a month. Goodness, that's close to my rent, you know, like, and they, they just start thinking about it that way. Really great, really super smart. Um, and here's something else, okay? Because you don't want to be in that position where you need people more than they need you. So recruit before you need help in the same way that you ask for money when you don't need it, right? You're building up your business credit when you don't need business credit. You get your lines of credit when you don't need a line of credit. You get the, you know, uh, super high limit credit cards when you don't need the super high limit credit cards. Uh, you acquire clients when you're already full and you need to charge them an obscene amount of money for it to make sense for you, okay? It helps you negotiate better in every circumstance of your business. And recruiting is there, and it's one of the biggest ways, right? During the season, and this is something that we're going to do, and again, this is something that the, the big guys, uh, Mike Callahan, uh, Chester Buchinski, so many other guys that I've talked to, they are constantly hiring for every position in their company. 
they're doing at least like one or two interviews per week for every single position in their company. There's always a replacement coming in. Uh, I also heard this this phrase. I can't remember what his name is, um, but he's like a popular southern. He's got like a southern accent. He's a speaker. Um, he's in the business world, and he said, um, I don't know if it's his quote or he found it somewhere else where. The reason you guys work for me is because you are the best people that I could find right now, which is the craziest thing. And it, it sounds like so like unrelationship and it sounds like so like, oh, dude, you just replace your people at a certain point. If your people aren't performing, that's what you ask them to do. They are letting you down. You're not letting them down. You have that expectation. Hey, this is what I need you to do. If I find someone else who's better, who's improving more quickly than you, who's smarter, who's advancing more, I'm going to let you know, and you got some work to do, okay? So stay on top of things. Continue to train. Watch some YouTube videos in your spare time. Don't be entitled because employees will ultimately begin to get entitled where it gets to the point, um, I mean, my brother's like this, but most of the guys are, are pretty fine where you're just like, oh, this is my job. This is my life. I want to spend more time with my family, more time with myself, more time to enjoy the things that I want to enjoy in life and less time uh, practicing and training. I've heard it said this way. If you are playing a sports game, are you practicing on the field, right? During the nine to five is not your time to practice or to learn things. It's in the off times. It's in the off hours. It's showing up 30 minutes early to see how uh, the equipment is prepped for the day before. It's, you know, staying up a little bit later in the evening watching YouTube videos on how to stripe better, how to uh, decrease wear and tear on the machines by the way that you drive them. Right, it's how could we get more clients for my boss's business while on the job site? Guess what? The employee that goes above and beyond and does those things is irreplaceable. You will never be replaced, okay? Unless some act of God happens and everybody needs money, and you know the highest performers in the world somehow end up on this lawn care team. If your employees are staying sharp and staying ahead of the game, you should have no reason why. You can't say, I'm going to replace you if you don't compete at this level. This is my expectation of you. It gets tough when they're like, whoa, bro, dude, I thought we were friends. I have a family. I have this. I have that. Yeah, dude, but we still need to improve. Our competition doesn't have a family. Our competition is out here watching YouTube videos till 12 o'clock at night on how to improve their business. And y'all go home and, and enjoy your evening. I get it. Enjoy your evening. But you also probably aren't going to be enjoying a good job here soon. And that's how you kind of have to play it. Recruit before you need help. Go get the business credit before you need the business credit. Don't be like, dude, I need to buy a dump truck here. Okay, well, it takes like eight months to set up business credit properly to be able to finance a $250,000 dump truck at a 3% interest rate and put, you know, 5% down on it. You you better be working on that for eight months in advance. It's like, well, I got to get it in two months. Well, then you're screwed. You're not going to get a dump truck, right? Uh, dude, I need I need four employees like in two weeks from now. Bro, what do you do? You need to be working on this six months in advance. That's what we're doing. We're going to start recruiting in January for uh, late March, early April for guys to start. And really, we won't be fully staffed until May because we don't need the, to be fully staffed until then. So that's that's the best position to be in is because you can negotiate so much better when you do not need them. You just say, okay, um, yeah, I'll keep your resume in the stack. I have your email. I'll send you regular email updates, and I will let you know. Um you know, right now, I don't think uh, we have a position open for you because there's always, dude, there's always an opening in the company. If I, if there's another really killer guy, there's always an opening in the company. But this takes so much time and you need to do it before you need an employee. 
okay? When you're just, you're fully stacked, you're doing good, hitting your numbers, and then three employees quit, and you're like, shoot, bro, I need three new employees, is not the time to be hiring three employees because you're going to give in to everything that they want and you're going to make stupid decisions because of it. I know it was a ramp. We're going to get into the final two bets here. Green lights, red lights. Okay, green lights. They got their driver's license as soon as they could. Shows that they're ambitious. They love competition, competing in every way possible, like sports. If they're still involved in sports, oh yeah, I'll take the guy. Um, looking for opportunities to move up as quickly as possible. Like, dude, I just, I just got capped in my old company, and I just want a position to move up. If you have positions where I can move into that, I can make more money. I want to prove to you that I can do that. And the other thing, right, with that is, is one to constantly prove themselves to you. Um, it's like, hey, I want to prove that I'm capable of doing this and a promotion and more pay and that kind of thing. And they speak well of their previous employee. Like, yeah, just, you know, awesome company, awesome boss, great people to work with, just looking for something with a little bit more opportunity to grow. That is, uh, dude, if I hear that, I'm like, thank thank the Lord. Thank Jesus. Thank you so much, Jesus. Um, red lights, okay? Criminal record. Don't do it. Lots of minimum wage jobs for short periods of time. Don't do it. Speak poorly of bosses, of previous bosses. You're going to be the next one. Only wants to join because of better pay. They're just going to bounce when they find something else with better pay, like Costco or some stupid big box store that can afford to do that, which, by the way, you should be able to afford to pay your employees better than them because you're charging more than them because you provide a solid service and you're not stupid and you're not undercutting everybody just because. Um, and uh, another red light is they will quit their job immediately. If they quit their job immediately, and I basically, it comes down to this. How they did their last job is how they will do this job. Like literally, that's why you need to call the references and be like, so how is he right now? Because exactly how he is right now is how he will work for you. You can't be like, well, he said he just wants to work outside. Um, they said he doesn't work super hard, but he says he just needs to be outside in fresh air and that's going to help him. No, the same way he works inside is, is going to be how he works outside. No, no, no. Yes. Okay. How he speaks of previous bosses, how he went about working at the last job is exactly how he will work for you. So you need to know that. And that's whole green light, red light is, okay? Final bay here, final tip, is have them pitch you and flip the script on them. Don't be like, hey, you know, this is why you should work for us, da, da, da. Then they're in a negotiation pitch uh, position and they're like, oh, this is, dude, he's trying to pitch me on working for them? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna milk this guy. But if you're like, hey, so right now we don't, we don't have an open position, but what I want you to do is tell me why you think that you would be an incredible fit for our company, a company where we do X, Y, and Z. This is what our specialty is. These are our priorities. What makes you uniquely better than even some of the employees that we have here or any of the other people that we're interviewing right now? What makes you so exceptional? They're just like, dude, you're full already? Why, why are we doing this? If they start going like that, boom, instant red light gone. And a lot of times they'll pitch you and be like, well, you know, and then that's how they frame it. They frame it as this job is a blessing. This job is a is it's not a right to them. It's not like I deserve this job. And it's not like a, oh, he wants me for this job, dude. I'm a milk this guy. No, it's not like that. It's very much like, okay, what do I have to do to get this position? And they're gonna and you will tell. You will be able to tell, and it flips the script. It flips their mentality from I'm in the place of leverage. If they think they're in the place of leverage, you've already lost. Um, and I've done this so many point, uh, so many times before where I was just trying to get people, get people, get people, get people. And you really need to, you need to sell it on them first and then you need to pause 
and you pivot, and you'd be like, you know, but really, you know what? Why would you be a good fit for the company? And then they have to pivot too. And if they're not really interested, they'll be like, I don't know, dude, you're the one talking to me. But if they really want it, want it, they're going to come up with some creative reason why you should pick them over anyone else. With that being said, that is the intro to Pillar 3 employee series. Um, all just, I hope, super actionable things for you to take away as you're hiring and recruiting people. This is all stuff that we're very much in the middle of implementing in our business. There's so many things that I've done wrong in the past, so many things that I'm fixing. Um, and this is a huge one. I'm even as I'm talking about, it, I'm like, dude, we got to work harder on this. We got to work harder on that. Don't think I'm perfect. However, there's a couple of things here that I hope you can pick up on that you can implement in your business that will make your business grow faster, better, healthier, better employees, enjoy your job more, that kind of stuff. Um, with that being said, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we will be dropping some more. I think we got we got Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes. We've had so many interviews. We're hitting it with the interviews on Mondays. If you guys have been enjoying the interviews, let me know. Leave me a five-star review. Let me know that you've been enjoying the interviews. I know we've had some like really weird ones, and uh, you know, definitely different um, out of the ordinary ones, but we've had some fire ones with some absolute gangster millionaire guys who are just killing the game. So if you guys enjoyed five stars, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to you leaving me a five-star review, a little paragraph down below. Just let me know what's working. Uh, what do you want, want to see more of? So appreciate it guys. I will catch you in the next one. Peace.